Hey fam. Hello, 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 hello. Family, I am back with another word from the Lord. And the Lord, he brought this into my spirit. Okay. And family, we are here to be living sacrifices. It is not we who live, but it is Christ that lives in us for why we live. Does that make sense? We, 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 you always hear, pick up your cross and, and follow them, but you have to nail yourself to the cross. It's not about you. It's not about you at all. And that's what you have to get past in this world is we feel like it's about us. Oh, that person doesn't like me. Oh, they don't think I'm good enough. Or they don't think this. They don't think that it's not about you. It is about Jesus. That's why he says the world will hate you because it hated me first. Okay. Family. It's so many of us, because myself included, will have that shame because we were taught, which our business is our business, and you don't go and tell anybody your business. You keep it to yourself. But family, it's um, it, it's it's a it's deception because the truth will set you free when you can speak. And I know that the Lord has placed me here on this platform to set so many of his children free because he has set me free first. Do you get that? He has set me free first. And now he's saying, go strengthen your brothers and sisters because you have to trust the process. Now I'm not trying to sit here. I'm not going to say I have all the answers, all the keys because I am not God, but I know that the Lord lives in me and he is doing a good work through me. Okay. And it's the same thing. The Lord needs you to get this whole process is about dying to yourself it's about dying to yourself and knowing that it is for jesus that we live okay (laughs) so family um i got some scriptures we're just going we're going to rock out okay listen this might be a part one part two part three i don't know how long this is going to be but family you got to be set free from yourself. It is yourself. And for so long, you have taught to be quiet. You have been taught to just be quiet and deal with it. But your sis is here to tell you that the truth will set you free. Okay? The truth will set you free. You have to speak it. You got the power of life and death in your tongue. Do you hear me? But if you just don't allow your tongue to move, if you just lay there, and you submit to that situation or you can speak up and you can bring life to it. You get what I'm saying? You can bring life by the words that you use. But if your mouth is shut, how can you bring life? So family, first I want to go to um, Luke 9. So let's go to Luke 9. This is a banger, y'all. This is a banger. Because it's not us for who we live. We don't live for ourselves, but we live for Jesus. And um, let's go to verse 23. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose, but, but you yourself, but are, hold on. If you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. It's about denying yourself, denying yourself. This you're living this life because Jesus has gave you life. Do you understand what, what, what the Lord is speaking to you? You are to deny yourself because it's not about you. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Do you hear what I'm saying? You are living for Jesus. You do everything as you are doing it for Jesus because it's about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Everything. It's not about you. It's not about having enough money to pay a bill. It's not about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. It's about knowing Jesus because you can have all those things and still be broken. You can have all the money that you want and still be poor in spirit. Do you get that? It's about Jesus. It's about getting to know him. It's about having a life with Jesus. And he will supply everything you need because Jesus is the answer. He is everything. Jesus is all that you need. He has come in to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Let's go to um, Luke 22. Let's go to verse... Um, Wait, do I want to go to Luke yet? No, let's not go to Luke yet. Let's go to John. I'm sorry, y'all. Let's go to John 3, verse 30. And that says... Okay, well, let's go up a little higher, okay? Let's go to verse 26. So John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people and everybody is going to him instead of coming to us. John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you. I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the, it is the bridegroom who marries the bride and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. Mm. That is so powerful because it is not about us. It's not about us. It's not about what we have, what we can do. It's about pointing you back to Jesus. So as, as, as he becomes greater and greater, we become less and less. You have to let the Lord move in your life so he can become greater and greater. And you have to allow yourself to become less and less. It is not about you. And the Lord had to bring this to me first. He said, daughter, it's not about you. Have you not? You still haven't gotten it yet. It's not about you. It is about me. 
every trial I went through, the Lord was showing me that he is my provider. He was showing me that he would never leave me nor forsake me so I can come and strengthen his children. It's not about me. It's not about how I'm going to get a bill paid. It's not about what I'm going to wear, how, what I'm, where, how I'm going to get my hair done. It's not about those things. It's about strengthening his church. It's about him showing me who he is so that I can show others who he is. When you think about it, right, God had to show Moses who he was before Moses could go and do the things before Pharaoh, correct? He had to show Moses who he was first. He had to show what happened when he allowed, when Moses dies to himself and he allows the Lord to work through him. He he did that, right? And it's the same with us. He has to become greater, greater within us. And we have to come less and less. It's all about dying to yourself. Everything that you're going through is about dying to yourself. Because you need to know that it is the Lord your God. Let's go to um, Luke um, 12.24. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. John 12, 24. My bad. And it says, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. You see how he was just talking about if you hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you put down your life, you will find it. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the father will honor anyone who serves me. Oh, he is. Oh, he is so mighty. He is so mighty. And I want to take you to Mark 11. Hallelujah. Give me one second because these kids is loud. Hold on. Okay, let's go to Mark 12. I mean, 11 verse 12. And it says the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over it to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Do you see how Jesus, he had spoke to the tree because the tree wasn't producing no fruits. And he said, may nobody eat of your fruit again. That's how Jesus looks at sin. When he had, when he died, so we, we will not eat that fruit again. We will not indulge in our sinful nature again. Do you get that? So let's see. Let's go down. Um, and it says, um, verse 20, the next morning as they passed by the fig tree, he had cursed. The disciples noticed it withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, look, Rabbi, the, tr- the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. God's words give you to life. They, 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 um, God's words, it, it ushers you into the eternal life. 
It's the it's the eternal life because Jesus is the living word. You get what I'm saying? And and God's word is such a life and it's such truth. And as you, you begin to read it and you begin to eat the word of God, you do die to yourself. It doesn't feel good because everything you were used to doing, you now see how wicked it was. You get what I'm saying? So his words, it does. It, it It's like a um, it, you wither and you die as you read it. But he's watering your roots to give you more life. But it, it, it feels like you're dying. When Jesus says you got to give up everything that hurts. But he, he's doing it for your good because he's like, I, that's not what I have for you. That's, those people are not what I have for you. Those things are not what I have for you. The way you handle that situation, that's not what I have for you. And it hurts because you're so used to doing it that way. You're so used to looking at yourself as an idol. Looking at yourself like like, like you're, you're in charge of this life, but you're not. Do you see how the tree had to listen to what Jesus said? It had to wither up and die because God's word will not return void. So as we read the word of God and he says that your sinful nature has to be destroyed. You're as you're reading the word of God, your sinful nature is being destroyed. Once you know the truth, you know it. You can't go back once you know the truth. You can always try to play a lie over and over again, but it just don't feel right. But when you know the truth, like if I tell you the sky is blue, you can lie and say the sky is green. You can lie, but you know in your heart the sky is blue. And it's the same with God's word. You know it's true. You know it's true. Hallelujah. So, um... I want to take you to um, Colossians 3 and 5. And it says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. I just want to take that out. Everything that's lurking within you. That goes against God. You have to you have to put it to death. You have to nail it to the cross. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to nail those evil things to the cross. Yes, it hurts. When you see um, how Jesus was sacrificed, he was in such pain. Because he was showing it, it hurts to die. It hurts when you nail yourself to the cross. It hurts. It, it hurts. But guess what? He, he risen. He rose. He was resurrected. He rose. And it's the same thing with you. Yes, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to hurt. But you are going to be raised to new life. You are becoming a new person. You are becoming a new creature. But you cannot have this idol for yourself. You have to cast down yourself. God says you cannot have no idols. No other God before him. That's including yourself. You cannot idolize yourself. 
You can't be like, I have so all these achievements and accomplishments. You have to humble yourself. And we live in this world where people will say, I'm a self-made this. I'm a self-made that. I'm self-sufficient. You is Jesus. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Lord your God. None of your accomplishments or achievements are yours. They're all the Lord's. But it's the pride that that we have to learn to cast down to know that it is not for myself that I live. I have died to myself and I've been risen to new life with Christ. I say raising (laughs) y'all. I've been raised to new life with Christ. I want to... Let's read a little bit down. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. And it says, don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew, a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. And he lives in all of us. Hallelujah. He is glory to God. He is so good, y'all. He is so good because he lives in all of us. He is doing a new good work in all of us. And you want me to tell you something? We need each other. We can't push each other away. And this is something I had to learn in my own personal life. Because like I told you, I was so used to being alone. Like, I'm like, I do. I like being alone. Like, it was like, first it was like a love-hate relationship. But then as I, um, as I got to know Jesus, because I was going through the sifting. And as I got to know Jesus during my sifting, hallelujah, I'm at the point now where the Lord is saying, now go strengthen your brothers and sisters. So you know what I got to do? I got to die to that part of myself that likes to be alone. (laughs) I got to die to that part. And now I got to be raised to life with Christ. And I have to go strengthen my brothers and sisters. Because like we say, we can't, we're not allowed to leave nobody behind in the kingdom of God. We are to bring all our brothers and sisters with us. Ain't no leaving nobody. Who you came with is who you coming, going back with. Well, let me, let me rephrase that because you know, worldly terms, you know how when you go out somewhere and you like, we all came together, we leaving together. It's the same thing. You, my brother, you, my sister, we, we are in this world, but we are not of this world, right? Or was yeah, we in this world, but we're not of this world. Yeah, we in this world, but we're not of this world. So I'm not leaving you because we are in this world together, but we are not of this world. I'm coming to get you by the power of God. Because God told me, he said, go strengthen your brothers and sisters. It's a sifting that goes on, right? I'm about to read you the definition of a sifting. And I'm going to read you the, the scriptures that talks about sifting.
It says, this is the definition of sifting. To put, it says, flour, sugar, etc. through a sifter or sieve. To separate or remove something by using a sifter or sieve. To go through something very carefully in order to find something useful or valuable. And it's a sifting that goes on, right? Because in 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 the times you're sitting there, you're like, I don't know why I gotta go through this. Why am I broke? Why can't I stay on this diet? Why do I keep going back to this relationship? Why do I allow people to hurt me? Why do I beat myself up? Because there's a sifting there. It's the sifting there. Because even though it hurts and you feel broken, the Lord is like, I need you to see that my words is valuable. I need you to see that these words that I'm speaking over you is life and truth. I only only way I can show you is because my power works best in your weakness. That's the only way he can show you. My grace is all that you need, says the Lord. My power works best in your weakness, says God. That's what he said. And I want to take you to um, Luke 22. Now we're going to go to Luke 22 because a minute ago I said Luke 22, but we wasn't at Luke 22, but now he is. <laughs> and let's go down to verse 31. And it says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers and sisters. And, you know, it was Peter had pride. And a lot of us is like that. Like, Lord, I'm going to go so hard for you. Lord, I'm going to do this. Lord, I'm going to do that. Because, listen, this is something your sis had to, I had to see this by myself first. Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And that's my pride talking. I can't do anything unless God gives me the grace. When God says, daughter, go do that, then I could be like, God, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. But for me to tell God what I'm going to do for him, that's my pride. That's what I think in my human mind. You get what I'm saying? Because it needs to be a sifting there. God has to show He He even has to show you. But I, obviously, I got to use myself as an example because I'm not in all y'all lives on a daily basis. But like in my sifting, he had to show me. It's me. It's all about me. I am everything you need. Until you realize that you are not the provider in your life, I, you're going to have to be sifted until, <laughs> until you know. You only can get up and go and work because I have given you the grace. But first, I have to let you know that my power works best in your weakness. You have to know first you are weak, but then you are strong. It's the sifting. But then you know what, what happens after the sifting? We got to strengthen each other. We can't push each other away. Because mm, the house divided cannot stand. Family, I'm telling you. Because I am like a very... Like you would think that your sister not shy. Like she a little shy for real. Like for real, for real. I'm shy. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. But I am. Or maybe you do think so. I don't know. I don't know. You might think so. I'm not going to say that you don't. Maybe you do. But it's just like having to die to that part. And instead of being shy, I got to ask the Lord for the 
boldness, but in his, in his, my weakness, his power can work. When I'm like, Lord, I'm shy. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go up and talk to that person. But then he got that, that boldness that comes over me. And I'm like, Oh wait, Jesus is Lord. Who you need me to go say Jesus is Lord to, but I can't do that in my own strength. I have to go ask for the boldness. I have to go tap into the, to the kingdom for the boldness of Christ. You get what I'm saying? I just can't go do it. I need, I need the grace to do it. And it's the same thing with you. You need the grace. You need God's grace. The Lord, when he, um, he brought this to me, he said he wants his children to be like living sacrifices that he needs you to understand that you are a living sacrifice. It is not you that is living. Okay. Let me read you Romans 12. Let's go to Romans 12. And it says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he finds acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measure yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our body bodies have many parts and each part has a special function so it is with christ's body we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other we all belong to each other and i wanted to stop right there for a second family now because like you know like i said before like it might you might be riding with your child or something your kids might be listening to this but like, yes, this is really an open book. If you ask me a question, because in in my trials, I can strengthen you. You know, and it was it was to a point where I had to die to myself because it was shame there. Like, Lord, I don't want everybody to know that. But it it, it was the shame there. I, I I still haven't wasn't fully forgiven myself yet. But once I forgive myself for things, I was just like, I'm an open book. Like, you know, like certain things I can't blare it in your radio system because you might have little children in the car. But, <laughs> or wherever you at, I always say car, but wherever you at, you might be braiding your child hair up or something. And I don't, you know, there's certain things they don't need to hear. And the same thing with myself. When I be riding around or something and I'm listening back, my kids be with me. And there's certain things that a child don't need to hear yet. But, um, so like I, I learned because we are in it together and you never know what somebody going through until you open your mouth and start speaking. Because listen, to you, I may look like what I've been through or I may not look like what I've been through. And the same thing for you. You might tell me something and I would never know what you've been through until you say it. You might not look like what you've been through. You know what I'm saying? But the whole point about it is, is because we have to speak. We belong to each other. A house divided cannot stand. If I'm sitting here saying, well, I don't like the way you handle this. And you like, I don't like the way you handle that. And we never talk about it. We never speak about it. We're divided. But if we have a conversation, you might be able to see how I move and then I'll see in a deeper way how you move and we'll understand by the way that God has graced us. We both have to move this way, this certain way. You get what I'm saying? A house divided cannot stand. And it says, 
In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility serious. Seriously, and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold on tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heat burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Sandy, we are one body. <laughs> we are all one body, okay? We are just all one body, and we here for each other. Let's go to First Peter chapter 4. Let's start at verse 1. So since, so then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You had... You have had enough in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are dead, who are now dead. So although they are destined to die like all people, they will now live forever with God in the spirit. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for the love of, of love covers a multitude of sin. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Hallelujah. 
Hold on real quick. I want to tell my kids to be quiet one more time. I know I told them to stop. They don't listen. Hold on. Family. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand it. Like they, 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 I don't know. They gotta, they gotta deny themselves too. That's what it is. It's a word for them too. Just as much as it's for me, it's for them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's keep going. So it says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit. For the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. But if no, but it, but it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by His name. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved. What will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the to God, to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Mm, that's a word. That's a word, Joel. That's a word. Let's go to um Galatians 2. I told y'all, brother Paul be going, he be coming through. He really do. Like, put, like really put your, like, put yourself in the predicament as Paul. Paul was like, he was persecuting Christians and stuff. Like, really look at him. And he, he speaks with such boldness and authority. Because, and you think Paul didn't have to learn how to die to himself? He went from persecuting to Killing people, torturing people, instigating situations. He did all those things, family. Matter of fact, let me take y'all to uh, Acts 22. Because it's like low-key Paul's testimony real quick. We're going to go back to um, Galatians in a second. It says... Brothers and esteemed fathers, Paul said, listen to me as I offer my defense. When they heard him speaking in their own language, the silence was even greater. Then Paul said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus, a city in Sicilia. And when I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under Gamali as his student, I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. Family, these kids... Whew, I I had to just pause it because it the enemy work hard, okay? <laughs> My God works harder, but the enemy work hard because like did you hear her? She like knock on the door to tell me the toilet is clogged. That's not something that you can wait for. Like I understand you already went to the bathroom, so that's out the way. You know, family, like that's just this is just things that I go through. And, you know, it's just because I'm trying to get my, my Lord's words out. Like, I'm about my father's business. So, like, until I get done my father's business, I be kind of on some don't talk to me. Because I'm focused on what God told me to do. Like, you get that? Like, 
I'm feeding the sheep. Just give me a second. But I'm sorry, family. I'm really sorry. And I was brought up and educated here in Jerusalem under the the Gamaliel as his student. I was carefully trained in our Jewish laws and customs. I became very jealous, zealous to honor God in everything I did, just like all of you today. And I persecuted the followers of the way. Hounding some to death. Oh, you see how he calls Jesus the way? Because he is the way. He is the way to live. He is the way. He is the way. There's no other way but him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He tells you who he is. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Because he is how he lived his life. He's he's him. Like, what you, ugh, family? Jesus is just the way. The way he lived his life. We are to live like Jesus did. And it says, and I persecuted the followers of the way, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison. The highest priest and the whole council of elders can testify that this is so. For I received letters from them to our Jewish brothers in Damascus, order, authorizing me to bring the followers of the way from there to Jerusalem and chains to be punished. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly shone down around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, the one you are persecuting. The people with me saw the light, but didn't understand the voice speaking to me. I asked, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up and go into Damascus. And there you will be told everything you are to do. I was blinded by intense light. and had to be led by hand to Damascus by my companions. A man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man and deeply devoted to the law and well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And that very moment, I could see him. Then he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. After I return, take that somebody. Take that. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Ask the Lord to wash away your sins. The only way you can be a living sacrifice is if you ask the way. He is the way. You cannot do this life without the way. He says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly because he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me, he says. Because he's spotless. It's his blood. It cleanses you. It's, it's the, his words. They cleanse you. He is spotless. 
So in order to come to the Father, you have to go through Jesus. You have to have the sifting. You have to call on the name of the Lord to have your sins washed away. And it's, he says, call on the name of the Lord. Do you see that? Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. His name is Jesus. But Lord, I argue, they certainly, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. It says, and I returned to Jerusalem. I was praying in the temple and fell into a trance. I saw a vision of Jesus saying to me, hurry, leave Jerusalem for the people here won't accept your testimony about me. But the Lord, but Lord, I argue, they certainly know that. In every synagogue, I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And I was in complete agreement when your witness, Stephen, was killed. I stood by and kept the coats they took off when they stoned him. But the Lord said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened until Paul said that word. Then they all began to shout away with such a fellow. He isn't fit to live. They yelled and threw off their coats and tossed handfuls of dust into the air. Now you hear part of his testimony. But this is the same man that's telling you, you got to be a living sacrifice. You got to take off that old man to put on your new man. You are raised to new life with Christ. You see that he calls Jesus the way. This man was persecuting. Do you see how he was persecuting Christians? He said, I, I am prison and beat those who believe in you. And I was in complete agreement when your witness Stephen was killed. This same man, God knew. He knows all. And what did he say? Go for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. He still chose Paul. It's the same thing with you. Yes, God knows what you've been through. And he's saying, yes, I've chosen you. Go speak of my good news. I'm sending you to some people. Go. We always saying, you always hear, pick up your mat and walk. And what happened? Oh, we gotta we, listen. Pick up your mat and walk. Let's go to John 5. Y'all going to John 5, man, right? I'm gonna give y'all a moment because your sister's trying to look up the definition anyway. Because it's power in that definition. Okay, so let's look at the definition of lame. It means to be disabled or impaired in any way, weak, infirm, paralyzed, unable to move. Hallelujah. And in this walk, we all have came into the kingdom lame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. Let me tell you, we all weren't walking. We all were disabled. Hallelujah. We were all impaired. We all were in weak, infirm. We were paralyzed. 
So when I when we read this, just picture yourself. You are lame. Don't just read this as the lame man. Know that you have came into the kingdom of God lame. Listen. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was the pool of Bethsaida. When the five covered with five covered porches, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, laid on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the waters bubble up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. There goes that stand up again. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the one who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well. So stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went to and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Family, it's nothing religious about God telling you, pick up your mat and walk. It's nothing religious about that. That's why the religious leaders, they couldn't grasp it. They couldn't see this move of God because it was the religious mindset. But it's it's nothing religious about me saying, pick up your mat and walk. It's nothing religious about that. It's about living by the word of God. By every word that comes out of his mouth. It's about that. Pick up your mat and walk. He says, stand up. He says, stand up. Stand up for the truth. Stand up and, and, and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And ain't nobody taking that from you. Pick up your mat and walk. It's nothing. They were so stuck on it's the Sabbath to miss. They missed the move of God. But do you know why? Because they didn't understand that Jesus is the way. They didn't understand that Jesus is the life. They didn't understand that Jesus is the truth. We see in Matthew 24, he said the very elect can be deceived. Because you get that religious mindset and you're like, God has to do it this way. It has to be done that way that they miss the new wine. Jesus said it. People that, that all they, they be saying people that had the old wine, they'll say that this wine is just fine. They don't even want to taste the new wine. So when Jesus came, he was very controversial because it was like, who is this man that's saying your sins are forgiven? But if you truly know God, you know that your sins are forgiven. 
But people get that religious mindset and they don't understand that your sins are forgiven. So they walk in in bondage. Mm-hmm. Walking in bondage because you miss it. You miss the point that Jesus is the way. Mm-hmm. So let's read some more. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working. So I am. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he had not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do the son can do anything by himself. I'm sorry. The son cannot can do nothing by himself. See, because I wanted to say can't. That's why I was confused. I was like, hold on, wait a minute. This don't sound right. <laughs> sorry, y'all. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he hears the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. For just as the father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he has given the son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to the message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins and they have already passed from death into life. And I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when the dead will hear my voice and the voice of the son of God. The voice of the Son of God and those who listen will live. The Father has life, the Father has life in himself, and he has granted that same life-giving power to his Son. And he has given him authority to judge everyone, because he is the Son of Man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. I can do nothing on my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of the one who has sent me, not my own will. Family. In the body, that religious mindset has to go because we see even the people who knew God's law so well, they, when, when Jesus was in front of their face, they couldn't see him for who he was. Their heart was too hard to see that he is the way. They they felt like they memorized so much scriptures that they knew, but they but they missed it. Their hearts were so far from him. Do you see how he says that he hears what his father says and he only does what his father tells him to do? Do you see that? And it says, it says, in fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Do you see how it says that? 
I want to take you somewhere. I think y'all know where we going. I think y'all know where we going. Let's go to John 14. Because we, it's about Jesus. It's about letting him live within us. And it's, it's at verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I am going to be with the father. We are to model his life. Do you hear how he said, I only do what I hear my father tell me to do. I can do nothing. I can, he said, I can do nothing without the father. That's how we are to live. We are to um, model his life. Let's go back. Hold on. And he says, I tell you the truth. The son, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. And you want to know something? When God looks at you, once you're cleansed in the blood, all he can see is my blood. And ain't that funny? Ain't that what we call each other? You my blood. Like when we when you in a family spot, that's my blood. And that's what God is saying. When I see you, I see my blood. You're mine. So I'm going to show you how to do these works. And even greater works. Because I am with the Father. Do you see that? For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. God wants to show you everything because when he sees you, he sees his blood. But you got to take off that religious mindset. You got to take off of it has to look this way. God has to do it this way. God can't use you if you're not wearing this. God can't use you if you ain't saying this. God can't use you if you don't do this. You can't you can't be so religious. We see it the 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 Pharisees and the Sadducees they was missing it. The leaders of religious laws, they were missing it. The very one, they missed it. God can do or use whatever he wants to do. You know? We are, of course, us. Because there's that little bit of pride that lives in you. You don't want to agree with everything something say Because anytime there's a conflict with each other, it's because somebody's pride is in the way. Because once you humble yourself and you resemble Christ in your life, then you can, you, you, you can move the way Jesus moved. You know, Jesus, he sent the disciples off to go heal people. You feel me? He did those things. He didn't let his pride get in the way. But like, I'm the only one that can heal. He said the disciples to go and heal. Do you know that? Jesus still, was. he still had a human body. He was fully man and fully God. He humbled himself. He taught you how to cast your pride down. He was tempted. We see he went in the wilderness and he was tempted. He humbled himself. So it's not so we can we can live so we can have him. He sacrificed it all. 
Jesus didn't come down here and live a worldly life. No, he humbled himself. He did the will of his father. He says, I only do what what he sees the father doing. He says, I can do nothing by myself. And that's the way we are called to live. I can do nothing by myself. And God has shown me. Family, I remember it was a time I was going through such a depression. And God had to show me because you can do nothing by yourself. Yeah, you feel like you can't get out that bed because you can do nothing by yourself. Yeah, you feel like you you can't even go cook you and your kids some dinner because you can do nothing by yourself. It's so hard for you to get up and work because you can do nothing by yourself. I need you to understand. I need you to cast your pride down. That's what he spoke to me, family. I need you to cast your pride down because it's not you that is living. It's me that lives through you, that does a good work in you, that you are able to do the things that you do. Humble yourself and know that I am God. That's what he had to show me. So let's go to, um, we're going to go back to Galatians. Did we already go to Galatians too? I think we did. I think we did go there, family. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we did because we was talking about Brother Paul. That's how we got the Paul. Yup, yup, yup. All right. Um, now we ain't read Galatians two yet. I mean Galatians, uh, yeah, two verse twenty. We ain't read that yet. Okay, so let's read it. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless for it's keeping the law for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there would be no need for Christ to die. And as somebody that needs to hear that, I'm not telling you because it's not that the law is bad. The law tells you what not to do. Don't do these things. These things equal death. But if you follow the leading of the Holy spirit, if you, if you, model Christ in your life you don't necessarily how can I the only way you can understand is if we let's go to Luke 7 I mean Romans 7 okay family because it's the only way I'm gonna get you to understand and I'm not gonna say nothing to confuse you so let's go and it says Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law only applies while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she will be committing adultery if she marries another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law that does not commit adultery when she remarries. So do you see how the whole purpose of the law was to show you that you need Jesus? 
the whole purpose of the law was to show you that you could do nothing without God. If you try to keep the law in your own human ways, you're telling God you didn't need Jesus. Jesus is the way. It's not Jesus in you. It ain't Jesus and Jade is the way. It ain't Jesus and Jade. It ain't Jesus and Paul. It ain't Jesus and Peter. Jesus is the way. He is the only way to the Father. So I can do nothing without him. I can try to keep the law and all it's going to do is prove to me that I need Jesus because I can't do it without him. Do you get that? So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it, are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Family, let me ask you a question, right? When the law happened, right? When God gave the the commands, was it not that people not had to go do sin offerings? That the priests and stuff, did they not have to do sin offerings? The people not have to go do sin offerings? Do you get how it all pointed back to Jesus? We needed something that was going to cleanse us of our sins. Because why would we need sin offerings if we were able to keep the law? Somebody just said, uh, somebody just said that, right? (laughs) The Lord, he's so deep. He's so deep. But you gotta, sorry, I'm stepping on some paper. But you gotta like, it's all about casting your pride down. Because it's about, oh, I can keep the law. You want to beat your chest. Oh, I did this. Oh, I did that. When it's not about you, it's because you are raised to new life with Christ. In your old life, you had to die to yourself. But now you are raised to new life with Christ. Every good work is because Christ has given you the grace to do it. It's because Christ leads the way for you to do it. It's because he is the way. That's why he deserves all the glory. I will glorify the Lord in all of my days because he has showed me that he is the way. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that covenant is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. Because he chose to do it. So he gave it life. You know what I'm saying? When you're doing these sins, you choose to give life to that sin. But when you're saying, Mm-mm, I ain't doing that. That sin has, is dead. Because one, sin equals death. So you agree to it. Sin gets to use your, it used to take your birthright. Your birthright is you have life in Christ. But when you go sin, you are forfeiting your life to that sin. Do you get what I'm saying? So now you're giving life to that sin. 
So let's say if you like, nah, I'm not going to covet. It's sin is staying dead the way it's supposed to be. But when you forfeit your life to that sin, to covet, now covet has your life. Now that's your life. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, that's a word. That is a word. Sin took advantage. Uh, hold on, hold on, wait. And I died. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to cover, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me, but still the law itself is holy and its commands are holy and right, right and good. But how can that be? Did the law which is good cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purpose. It says, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble with, is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I really don't understand myself, for I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do... I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do, but if I do what I don't want to do, I am really not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's laws with all my heart, but there is another power within me that has war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see it was, see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's laws, but because of my sinful, sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Family, that's why we have to we have to be living sacrifices. We have to die for the Lord our God. Okay? It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and become greater and greater. And we become less and less. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive you in the mighty name of Jesus. Become greater and greater in my life. So I can become less and less in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I receive that for myself. Become greater and greater in my life, Lord. So I can become less and less. Mm, He is so good, y'all. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go to verse 22. And it says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Wait, is that verse? No, 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 no. 
Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. That's verse 22. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. It says, hold up. Hold up, I'm sorry. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbor the truth, for we are all part of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all type of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And let's go to Philippians. <clears throat> Let's, we gotta start at the top. This is a banger. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who truly are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. Hold on, family. Sorry, family. It says, we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human efforts, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could... In- could indeed if others have reasons for confidence in their own efforts i have even more i was circumcised when i was eight days old i am pure a pure-blooded citizen of israel and a member of the tribe of benjamin a real hebrew if there was one i was a member of the pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the jewish laws i was so zealous that i harshly persecuted the church and as for the righteousness I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through the faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Pressing toward the goal.
I'm sorry, fam. I thought my phone was on do not disturb. I received a call, so cut off the recording. But it says, <laughs> pressing toward the, the goal. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they really are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They bring about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power which he will bring everything under his control. Family, that's a banger. That's a banger. That's a banger. I got one more verse written in my notes. And it's Romans 6, 11. And it says... Oh, let's start at the top. Y'all know it's, it's a banger. It's a banger. We can close off with this. Since power is broken, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism? We joined him in his death. For we died when we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to new life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that the sin so that sin might lose its power in our own lives. In our lives, we are no longer slaves to sin for we died with Christ. We were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we also will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Don't give in to the sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. 
Sin is no longer your master, for you are no long for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his teachings we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourself to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that led to holiness and results in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift God of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. That was a banger. That was a banger. Like, especially the part, family, let's talk about it. Especially the part where it says, and now what it says in verse 20, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. The mm, things that end in eternal doom. And that is the truth. I'm telling you, when you see yourself the way the Lord sees you, you just like, oh, that, I'm horrible. That's horrible. Like, I'm telling you, like, I, this is had some moments that was horrible. Even now, it was horrible. But I know the truth will set me free. And I know that my the truth will set you free. And the things that happen in my life, I know it can set you free. So it's freedom there. You get what I'm saying? But it's still it's shameful. But it's freedom there because it's like, that's not me. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you how he showed me who I really was. And family, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you. I don't have all the answers. I am not God. Okay? I am not God. But I can always point you back to the Father. And one thing I never want people, I never want people to look at me like, oh, she just this and she just, no, I'm not. Do you know that I am working out my own salvation with fear and trembling? Okay. (laughs) Do you understand that? Do you understand that your sis falls short to the glory of God? Do you get that? But I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on and that's what that's all you gotta do. Just keep pressing, keep fighting the good fight. Let me tell you. I told you your sister's got a whole book of Psalms. I was just listen, I got a whole book of Psalms too. Because literally they can call it Psalms too. Because it's there. Like those things when you when you were a slave to sin. And just seeing who you used, how you used to act, like the when you were dead, 
listen, I've been there. I've been there. But it's just Jesus. He's he's my life. He is my life. And I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. Jesus is my life. Mm-mm-mm-mm. He is my life, y'all. And he your life too, but I'm just saying I have to talk about my life because I don't know everything about your life, like I said earlier. But shame's not your portion. I mean, be ashamed of what you did because it wasn't good. I hope this makes sense. Like, be ashamed of what you did, but shame's not your portion. <laughs> like, you're going to have sorrow for what you did. You're going to. But the Lord, he's going to give you your joy back. You're going to have grief. You're going to mourn. But the Lord, he's going he gonna to give you your joy back. It's the sifting. Because he needs you to see what's good and valuable in you. So, family... I think that's it for the word today. I love y'all family and I am here for you. I just please like don't ever look at your sis. No matter where within her beauty goes. Like don't ever look at your sis like she not your sis. We family period. You my blood because we covered in blood. We cover we all covered in the same blood. You my blood. Okay. <laughs> not saying I'm Jesus, but you get what I'm saying. Like we all blood here, we all family. So like, listen, just when you see me, see the blood of Jesus too, because I am. Listen, I am, but Jesus. That's all I can say is, but Jesus, <laughs> but Jesus. In the same way he did it for you, says he can do it for you. And I had to learn that because I used to see people. And I used to be like, God would never love me like that. But that was just a lie because he already did it, you know. He chose me before the foundations of the earth was laid. He chose me. And it's the same thing with you. You are chosen. You are chosen. It's just the sifting. But after, you know, the sifting, he says, go strengthen your brothers and sisters. That's all that we do. This We all go through a sifting. Then we go strengthen our brothers and sisters. So, I pray that this word has blessed you. I pray that you are just a living sacrifice for your God. Oh, I pray that you take down your life that you think is yours. And you pick up the one that Jesus has for you. I pray that you nail your flesh to the cross, but you are raised to new life with Christ. I pray that and I speak that and I decree and I declare that over your life, that you will be transformed into the new person that the Lord has preordained you to be in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that you get to see that your life is not yours, but it's Christ that lives through you. It's that you are do- living this life to glorify God. It's that you are being a living sacrifice for the Lord. I pray that you get it, you receive it, and I decree and I declare it over your life. Your sister is speaking life over you today in the mighty name of Jesus, okay? So family, let's say it together. I love you, but most importantly, Jesus loves you. Bye.